0: Jaguars get an ugly win in Pittsburgh, but they are six and two as we head into the bye week. What's your letter grade for them so far this season?
1: Has to be an A. Six and two with what they've been through schedule-wise. I can't imagine it being anything but an A. A.
0: Welcome into Jags AM. Kainani Stevens, Brian Sexton, John Osier, A's all around for this team because you can complain. You can say they're winning it ugly and they're not doing what they need to do. But they are 6-2 and, and that's one of the best starts this team has ever had in this season. And Brian, it's just remarkable that they've been able to do this. I know we expected a lot of them, but the way that they've been able to do it as well.
1: You know I mean? I think it, the most optimistic of Jaguars fans would have said, yeah, I think they could get to 6-2. and two. Uh, That would be before the season began. After the loss to the Texans, I think all of us, John. We're saying, all right, well, you know, how long is it going to take for this team to get out of its own way? Well, it didn't take very long. The next week, they started turning this thing around. So it is remarkable in the sense that they have gone from what was that getting the Texans 37 points. And I still can see that, that botched kickoff return with the fullback, the heaviest return, uh, return man touchdown in NFL history, right? Yeah. Um, and, and to be where they are five weeks later, pretty dramatic.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's the NFL. I mean, it, nobody expected the Chiefs to lose to the Broncos yesterday. You're going to have those kind of games. Um, so six and two to me feels. I got an email from somebody last night saying, "Well, they should be seven and one." I, well, I think they should be six and two. They've really played their way to six and two. They're two and a half games up. I think they deserve to be the front running team in the South. Uh, look, an argument can be made outside of Philly. This is the best team in football right now. Yeah, they haven't trailed. They've trailed for about five minutes in the last five weeks. Uh, they didn't trail yesterday. Didn't uh, didn't trail in England. Trailed for a series against the Colts before they had the ball. Right. Uh, in the NFL, you can't play better than that. In terms of making your wins feel like controlling wins,
1: I get they're not doing it offensively, but they don't trail. what do you want, Brian? No, listen, you can see the upside offensively, right? When you look at the Miami Dolphins, for instance, they are scoring points. They'll always score points. They've got such explosive receivers and and running backs. But their defense didn't look all that good yesterday. I mean, they they gave up big chunks of yardage to Mac Jones and the Patriots. Now, they didn't convert, and the Dolphins really didn't struggle to win the ballgame. But you see where there's upside with this Jacksonville offense if they can find a level of efficiency which we're still waiting for. So I don't think you can expect anything more. at Six and two, man, it feels really good. If you if seven and one is what you're looking for, if you're not happy with six and two, you have not been paying attention to this franchise since 2000.
2: Here's one final thought on the offense before we move on. I get that it's frustrating, um, but I don't think it's tragic. Meaning in the games where they have really frustrated fans, the reason for the frustration has been they move past the 50 every time they have the ball. They were past the 59 out of the... Other ten drives yesterday, um, I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, you can feel it's not that like they couldn't move yesterday. They were always inside the Pittsburgh 35. They just couldn't score it. Well, I've covered bad offense around here. I've covered offense that had where people were charting consecutive three and outs. This isn't that. No, I, I think this is sort of indicative. The league is playing this way. They're playing red zone defense inside the twenties, make it tough. So the league is kind of trended toward this. What the Jaguars had to figure out is how to get the ball in the end zone. Uh, One way is not to fumble. And the other way is not to,
1: listen, bad interception. You just said it wasn't tragic. Tragic would be you telling me I had to play without uh, Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Christian Kirk, or Trevor Lawrence for any amount of time. The, The guys are healthy, and they're going to be healthier in two weeks when they get some of these guys back. And when you've got that, then you've got the chance to be who you want to be on offense.
0: All right, guys. Let's go over our big things. We touched on one of them already, but this team is six and two. That's their best start since 1999, when they were over that. But Doug talked about what he's seen from his team and how pleased he is heading into the bye.
3: Yeah, I thought um, defensively, um, just really again another another solid game defensively. You know, kept the offense uh, in the football game. Um, you know, we knew we knew going in how how opportunistic. Pittsburgh's defense is, and then they they capitalized. You know, obviously they, they created some takeaways, and then our defense in the second half uh, created a couple takeaways. So, um, you know, for Monteric to come in and, and and play like he's done now the last couple of weeks, and and, and, and Andrew Wingard to come in and, and play that safety spot, and you know Antonio Johnson getting in there, and you know just the guys have uh, just hang together. You know, and and um, uh, really proud of the way they performed today.
0: To, I know we've talked a little bit about this record that they have, but the way that they're doing it also, not in terms of just defense, but players stepping up, right? Because there were a lot of injuries we've seen a lot of them are missing out on, in this last game. But what this team has been able to do in terms of getting backups ready to go in when they are needed, that has been huge.
1: An astute observer of the Jaguars, a long time, could go back and look at 2007 and 2005 and say those were good teams They had good starts, maybe not 6-2, and two, but they were good. Uh, this team reminds me of 98 and 99, John, because they have answers. They have all sorts of guys and all sorts of answers for questions that are posed by injury or a lack of productivity at any given moment in time or a matchup. This is a talented team, and Doug Peterson and his staff are getting the most out of them right now. I, I think if, if you really gave Doug
2: the honesty pill, he'd have told you at, at 1 and 2, looking at the schedule they had, I think he would have taken 5-3 and three easy, maybe even just tried to get to 500. And I, I know they wanted more than that, but to have sort of passed through that, I think he's ecstatic. I think he looks at it and said, I've got a defense that doesn't feel like it's going away. I don't know if they're going to, you know, all of a sudden be the best defense we've ever seen. But I, I think the stat is seven straight – or seven out of eight games, the opponent has had seven or less in the first half. Yeah. Well, that – means you're in the game you know you're not getting out of it uh and then they follow that up by playing really well in the second half i don't think he thinks the defense is going away and i think he sees an offense right now that's close and that when it needs it the last two weeks a 44 yard touchdown to win it 56 yard
1: touchdown to it when they need the plays they make them just this thought this is a really good coaching staff i mean yeah From the head coach and the coordinators who get all of the attention on down to Phil Rauscher on the offensive line or Brenton Buckner on the defensive line or Bill Shuey who's got those two outside backers playing very well. Um, We talk about players all the time. I think this might be the best coaching staff from top to bottom that the Jaguars have had since the early days of the Coughlin regime.
0: Let's go to our second big thing which is defense had a day. We give a lot of credit to Mike Caldwell what he's been able to do with this team so far this season the amount of turnovers they are forcing, and also a lot of those plug-and-play players that we've been discussing. Andrew Wingard stepping up, Monteric Brown as well. And the defense had themselves a day.
3: Great. Uh, really good. Um, you know, it's something that uh, I told the team, you know, the, the first half of the season, these first eight games, I think, you know, with the, the, all the travel and Thursday games and, and in and out of hotels and different things like that, the guys have really handled it extremely well. Proud of the guys for doing that and, and really excited to be, uh, you know, 6-2 at, at the Bible.
0: So when you come into the game yesterday against Pittsburgh and you see Andre Sisco and Tyson Campbell are going, I that's when I was concerned it was going to be a little bit of a hope defense. But the way that Andrew Wingard and Buster Brown were able to step up and kind of Darius Williams has been playing great, it's it's, it's so many different names and maybe names you didn't expect.
1: you well, saw the first play of the game, they went right at Dewey, right? Oh, yeah. And he was up for the challenge. He had a great day. Um I, this defense I don't think they were ever really threatened yesterday I thought they had control of it from the start to the finish of the game yeah they moved the ball at times and got themselves in position but the defense only gave up three points on the three turnovers right I mean they were excellent against the run not that the Steelers run the ball very well and I don't think John the Kenny Pickett ever really felt comfortable and Trubisky obviously didn't because even though there were only a couple of sacks there were constant hands and bodies mm-hmm. in the face of the quarterback. They were always there. And we give a lot of credit to Devon Hamilton because I thought that the push that he had in the middle of the line um, made a big difference and set up Trayvon Walker from the other side because Pickett kept wanting to, to slide to his right, right into the arms of him. Here's a, you know, in the Ozone late night, uh, last
2: night I wrote that it really wasn't a very unusual and there's nothing really stood out about this game from the five game winning streak. and I. I I didn't write that to be insulting. I said the defense wasn't spectacular. The offense certainly wasn't perfect. Um, and then after I wrote it, I kind of laughed. I said, well, the defense just held a team to 261 yards, 10 points, was never threatened, and it's not spectacular because it's, it's now what we expect from this bunch. Mm-hmm. This is a good front seven. Uh, I said it early on in the season. You started looking at the whole team and thought, okay, well, on defense, maybe Josh Allen's the superstar. Beyond that, are there superstars? Maybe not. But every position's really good. Yeah. And there's no position. And now you're getting to the point where the depth, you feel okay if Dewey has to go in. You feel okay if Monterey Brown has to go in. Now, I think some of that back there, the front seven, as much as people, oh, there's no pass rusher. This front seven is really, really, really good against the run. It's exceptional against the run. And against the pass, it's disruptive. Quarterbacks don't really have time to over and over again I picked the secondary apart now there's some drops and things like
1: that they got a, a break early yesterday the secondary did but they take advantage of it even Caleb on chase on had a couple good pass rushes yesterday you're not talking about the sacks but you are talking about the quarterback never feeling comfortable And by the way Darius Williams play uh was it on George Pickens out on the boundary where he timed the ball and tipped it away yeah. early in the game that was a spectacular play
0: He's been spectacular all around. Our final big thing, turnover troubles, because fair of us to point out that the team has not been doing what they need to do on offense in terms of not turning the ball over. Trevor Lawrence had a terrible pick at one point, and obviously the fumbles as well. Trevor talked about some of those issues.
4: We talked about a lot going into this game. You know, this team that we're playing Steelers, they're really good when you, if you have more than one turnover, if you give up more than a sack or two, um, if you don't score, you know, I think it's 23 points at least. Like their record is really, really good with when those things happen, and we didn't, we didn't do anything by that formula today. I mean, we scored 20 points, had I don't know how many sacks, you know, a few, three or four, had three turnovers in plus positive territory. I mean, but it's just a testament to our defense for one, and then our offense being able to make the plays when we need them, and we moved the ball consistently all day, which was which was great against a really good defense. Um, But we just gotta find ways to finish those drives. You know, I had a bad play down the red zone that that can't happen that took off, you know, seven points, but at least three points off the board for us, you know? So I think they went down and um, they went down and scored on that drive. So just, you know, that, that shouldn't happen. I can't let that happen being a quarterback and I gotta be smarter there, but all in all, it's a great win. You're always gonna take wins in this league and it's cool to see us fight and battle through the adversity.
0: Trevor taking some accountability for that terrible pick there, but also they didn't follow formula, right? You're not supposed to turn over the ball against the Steelers and give them advantages that they did. They were able to kind of bounce back from that, but you got to clean that up second half of the
1: year. Tell you what, um, that, the, the pick was the one that yeah. was bothersome uh, because, John, the Steelers create turnovers. Mm-hmm. On that shovel pass to Evan Ingram, I, I'm not sure he could have done. He had both arms around the ball. And it was just perfectly timed. The Steelers create turnovers. And hey, playing me, on a wet day, that kind of, yeah, of turnover is going to happen. But even, even the Bigsby kind of turnover is w- going to happen. Here's the Bigsby thing, right? So during training camp, I'm standing with my son. And I shake Bigsby's hand. And it felt like he was squeezing my hand with both. He has an incredible grip. And so I was really surprised that the ball came out. But you know, he's got one guy holding him up. And the other guy's pulling with everything. I was still surprised the ball came out, knowing how strong Bigsby is. But that's what the Steelers do. Yeah. Um, they're good at it. It was – as much as
2: people criticize criticized the offense, and I get that it, it, it was staggering yesterday, meaning could not quite get there. It also played well enough against a Steelers defense that is good to get you three and then get you six and get that advantage. And then even when it was turning the ball over, they were getting into Steelers territory so often – that it felt like the game was tilted and the Steelers were always having to play uphill. So I think the offense, as much as it's gonna get criticized this week for, not, for, uh, for what it didn't do, the fact that it had 371 yards, 20 first downs, and it, it, it was always able to take momentum back from Pittsburgh and shove them back. Um, it, it did its job in that sense. And then again, I keep going back to every time it needs it in, in this winning streak, it makes a big play. Um, There's something to be said for that in terms of trying to win in this league.
1: Even with the turnovers yesterday, it felt like the Jaguars held them. Like the big brother, little brother, they were holding them off the whole time. It was just a matter of, all right, when are they going to make the play? And of course, it was a beautiful play on the 56-yarder to ETN.
2: What I was saying, Brian, that goes back to what you were saying. There's nothing going on to make you think that the offense at some point is not going to have a deluge of points it's just not quite there yet if it was constant three and out I'd really worry about it But that's not what it is by the
1: way scoring is down this year in this league through eight games red zone production is down through eight games as we're seeing here in this league right Mm -hmm. if you just look at the numbers the number of young quarterbacks is one of the reasons why but defenses this year are playing really well we shouldn't be surprised because the Jaguars defense is playing well that other defenses aren't lifting their level it's just not a big year for offense at least not the first half of the season
0: all right, guys, stay with us. We're going to go over some of the highlights from yesterday here on Dagzam presented by CarShield. Call CarShield Now if your car's out of manufacturer's warranty. Don't get stuck with expensive mechanical and computer repairs. Call CarShield Now. Welcome back to Jags A.M. presented by CarShield. We're in the Hyundai studios. Let's go over some highlights from yesterday. It was ugly, but there were some good things to very memorable things, I should say, as well. And one of the first ones out of the gate was Trayvon Walker getting after the quarterback because we know we've seen a lot from Josh Allen, but Trayvon's success was impressive yesterday. And especially, um, Brian, I know you specifically talked about Devon Hamilton's return
1: helping him out. Well, and it was so timely because so many people wanted to question Mike Tomlin, right? Noted defensive coach, praising Trayvon Walker. There were lots of skeptics. And yet here he is coming out and proving that he's got it. Now, does he have a bevy of pass rush moves? No. But when you see him get to the quarterback like that, man, All of a sudden now, if you're the offensive coordinator, you gotta start sliding back that way. And then it opens things up for Josh Allen who came up with two sacks. So he is a wrecking ball and he is a really good football player. This was fun to see early on. When he pushes the pocket,
2: he he sometimes pushes multiple people back into the pocket. Um, I don't think you can give him enough credit for making it difficult to operate to his side of the field. Um, He's a dominant presence. on his side of the field and uh, I get that people are, are frustrated by sack numbers but I, I, I said for a month I, I don't want to watch this team play defense without Trayvon yeah. Walker on well, the field and that's why he plays more snaps than anybody in that
1: group because he's the player they don't want off the field he's matched his total from last year through eight games he's got nine more games my guess is he'll end up with seven or eight and that might silence might silence people a little bit here's the best part that set up a third down at 15 on a wet field for quarterback i mean jaguars got the ball back and it's not trayvon's fault they didn't score a touchdown mm-hmm. they just were with a field goal so he created an opportunity for the offense
2: well that's what this team does defensively they get other teams in, in down and distance is a big deal for play calling this league this defense i haven't looked at the numbers but just the way it feels faces a lot of third and sevens as opposed to third and threes because of the way they play run defense on early downs.
0: well let's look at some of those field goals obviously not opportune you want to get into the end zone that could have put the game out of the way earlier but let's shout out the kicker because i feel like we don't get to do that very often and brandon McManus with 250 plus yard field goals to start this game there's a reason in wet conditions there's a reason you go out and get a veteran kicker because you're not worried as much when you see a kick like that like he was lining up for 50 plus and i was like oh yeah they'll be fine
2: there are a couple of situational moments that really mattered early. Mm-hmm. Uh, they faced, I think it was third and 21, uh, I, I think it was the first drive, and they got 12 yards and got back into where he could kick. I think it was his 51-yarder. Um, they got just enough offensive, like I was talking earlier. Um, you want touchdowns, but they got 3-3. Three, three. Well, then all of a sudden that gives you six, Brian. You know, Math. Mine. I yeah. heard you doing three, that, Three, yes. six. But it. It gets you up a touchdown, and it changes the game with, again, the Steelers playing uphill the whole game after those couple of situations where they got three. Um, That's situational coaching and playing, and I thought they played smart
1: early yesterday. I would like to invite people to watch him on kickoffs. If you don't, right? Um, It's not as easy to tell how strong his leg is on the field goals, but when you watch him with basically one step and a swing of the leg, and he's creating a touchback for you. He doesn't need the running start that a lot of kickers do and it, 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 i marvel at it every time how strong his leg is he can really kick the ball stunned still that he was freed up from denver
0: it's just another example of having the right person in a role like that so when it does come to a point where you need kicks at a certain point just to get points on the board you have that i can see well, i think he's 17
2: eye, and 19 this year four or five uh from beyond 50. That's why they went and got him. I mean, he had this the leg to give. You know, I don't know, not a shot at who was here last year. I don't know if Doug coaches the same way on that field early in the game facing 50 and 51-yard field goals. I don't know if he's as confident doing that. Uh, that sort of shifted that, and that's why Doug wanted Brandon
1: McManus. You're intrigued. You're going to go watch I am intrigued. Two steps on the kickoff, and it's in the end zone.
0: Let's do it. All right, what do we have next? Oh, the turnovers. Those were not ideal, but, you know, it happens. It happens first. I think the Trevor one is probably the only inexcusable one for me. I didn't love the play call with Evans' um, fumble, but, I mean, that is what it is. That's with the weather situation. It kind of got knocked
1: out there. But It's what they do. It was a perfectly timed hit. This one, John, about every six or seven games, we're going to see him make a throw that you go, why'd you throw that one? That's probably just who he is. Well, I also think it, it's
2: he's been like we've watched him for it feels like a while now. He's still midway through his third season. He's still um you know, I, I I covered Peyton Manning a long time and I covered him through some years where he didn't make throws like this. I also started covering him in, in his fourth year. And in the fourth year he had twenty eight interceptions or twenty six, whatever the number was. It can take time These guys to get that muscle memory of I do not throw the ball in this situation. Mm. This is it. So, uh, look. Yes, bad play, but a really good play to make up for in the second half. Without a doubt, he's six and two, five and zero at the end of last season. They've won 11 of their last 13 yeah, regular no, no. season games okay. under this kid.
1: That is why you, you don't worry too much about it. He's just, he's going to take chances here and there. He's done it since he got here.
2: And overall, he's playing much smarter in these situations oh, yeah. this year than he
1: did last year. This was more of a one-off than last year's yeah, was. As you heard in the postgame, he said he's got to you know, work on that. But he's, he's hes a gunslinger in that sense. He's going to take those throws every once in a while.
0: He's definitely a gunslinger. Let's look at Etienne's touchdown and the two-point conversion because obviously Etienne has been the heart and soul of this offense and the success they've had. But catching and running, not (laughs) not just a rushing touchdown this time and he looked a little slow in the back end. I was like gonna put the Jets on there and he's gonna get you, but um, to see the kind of wheeling out and catching that
1: well, it's not a screen pass. It's it's
0: something we don't always see from him.
1: The corner was breaking thinking I got this on that stick route and the safety couldn't get over there fast enough. That's you know, they talked in the post game about they know each other Mm -hmm. and and that was a beautiful move by two guys who know each other.
2: Yeah, I thought a couple of things were cool here. First of all, it, it was the longest pass play they've had, and they played together, what is it? I think it's six seasons on the field together. Um, there was some talk last week about Calvin Ridley being frustrated, being whatever. Uh, did you see the spike after the play? Yeah. He
0: was more excited than ETN was.
2: Well, that a selfish player doesn't do that in that situation. I don't, I don't make too much out of it. But he came along and he spiked and celebrated his teammates. I've, that. I've I've covered some wide receivers who wouldn't be yeah. spiking the ball for their teammate getting a touchdown. Not that they were rooting against their team, but they wanted the touchdown. So I, I thought that was pretty indicative of like where Calvin's head is. Something Calvin said in the locker room right before the season sticks with me. He goes, I just want to win. And I think it's real. Every, everybody says they just want to win. Right. But some players don't act like they just want to win. Uh, I don't know. To me, that play showed something.
0: Absolutely. Later on, we saw uh, Steelers try to mount a little bit of a comeback. They got their first touchdown of the day, the only touchdown of the day, in the waning seconds of the third quarter. Pickens is the real deal. I mean, he probably shouldn't be talking as much as he does in the locker room, but he he is impressive on the field when they get him the ball.
1: Well, I don't know how to describe him. He's got sort of a Randy Moss-style body. He's tall and he's long, and he can jump. And he just leapt over the safety, or was it the corner that was coming underneath? And Dewey was over the top. I mean, Dewey came underneath. Um, I mean, that's just a great play. Great players can make great plays.
2: I think the Jaguars' secondary would say that one catch he had was awesome. Yeah,
0: (laughs) just the one.
2: I mean, and and, and that was a storyline afterward. He, he, I never really understood what hope defense meant. I couldn't quite figure out. I, all, all credit Demetrius Harvey from the Times Union for writing. I guess they were mad, but I didn't really understand what he meant by it. But it was just enough to get him angry, and, uh, you know, he,
1: he talked, and the Jaguars uh,
0: they, they responded.
1: Yeah, they, they did a nice job on a really good player. He is a yes. very hard guy to cover, and they right. did an excellent job on him.
0: I'll we'll have to give Dewey a little bit of a shout-out because he was put in a tough spot coming in starting. And he did well. He made some plays and one of the biggest plays of the day. Got his interception. Probably more talking about his touchdown after the fact. But um, what's Dewey meant to this team when you've seen what he's been able to do as well? Just because he's a captain this year. Kind of the way he started here to becoming a fan favorite the way he is. Yeah. He's had quite a journey. He started as a
1: guy, Kai. And every team has one of these guys that you're always trying to replace. You know, he's not tall enough. He's not fast enough. He's not big enough. And was a special teams guy and then last year against baltimore and dallas uh he found his role i mean he made a couple of plays on third and fourth down late in the ball game that helped seal those wins and then he came up with it was always the jags and now i mean what did he say i'm a dog i'm a sleeping dog yeah yeah. Uh, but the uh, the best the dog move was swinging the towel freaking love that
2: yeah and Again, Steelers fans were mad about it. I, I, I saw one tweet where somebody <laughs> said they should arrest him. He stole a towel. Um, <laughs> look, th- this league and this game is supposed to be fun. Yes. Uh, Dewey, after the game, uh, and, and, and he's my hot take, so I'll save some of it. But he told Brent Martin, oh, and I talked to him in Lockham for a few minutes, and he said, Hey, we've got San Francisco, uh, Baltimore, Cincinnati coming in. Isn't that awesome? Yeah like this is a kid who loves what he's doing loves playing the fans see it his teammates love him uh i, I think you had him cut in the preseason no, i, said, no what way. I was those no young they were going to make it hard on him it, 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 it,
1: and he is and he has played better than both although it's nice to see Antonio Johnson also. no doubt no doubt but no he what he has become i is, think kind of no i didn't <laughs> we'll I didn't. have to pull the and tape the beautiful part about it is you can go back and pull the tape and see it where i said they're going to make it hard on him, but he has risen to the occasion that he has been granted on this team. And he's going to be one of those guys who plays here 10 or 11 years.
0: He's making it work. We love to see it. All right, stay with us. We're going to have hot takes coming up out of the break. You guys can sign up your furry friends for the Jaguars official four-legged fan club for pets presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the 2023 season. Visit jaguars.com promotions four-legged fan club to sign up today back here in studios for Jags AM on Victory Monday and Jags AM is always better on a Victory Monday. So let's go over some of our hot takes for this team. Brian, what's your hot take for us today?
1: Well, I'm not sure how hot this one is, but a good decision, a smart decision, maybe even a great decision by Doug yesterday to keep all those guys who were injured on the sidelines, right? And maybe it was easy because the field was wet and you saw what happened with Mika Fitzpatrick, but they made the decision and and it would have been easy to understand why you try to give it a go with Cisco and um, and Tyson Campbell, because you want to get to 6-2 and, and head into the bye week with some momentum. But Walker Little didn't play, and obviously Zay Jones was ruled out on Friday. Um, being patient, trusting the guys, trusting your coaching staff, is a really smart move, and it gives them the opportunity to have everybody on the field when they host the 49ers here in two weeks. Yeah, I think I think he knew or felt like they could control that
2: game against that team without those guys. Uh you're always risking you know I was concerned when Campbell and Cisco weren't playing because it, if the Steelers had a way to beat you yeah, that was it it was with two very good receivers maybe making some fluky up I'm going to say fluky but making some big plays uh, with, with a couple of communication breakdowns and new guys for that might happen. Uh credit to him for not letting it happen.
0: What's your hot take for us today, John? take I know is it's very eloquent, and I made sure they Do spelled it. Do
4: it! I made uh, I mean, sure
0: your graphic was spelled the way he, you wanted it to. Yeah. Uh,
2: we already <laughs> talked about him a little bit. But um, he's a special teams player and a backup. And yet, during this winning stretch that started early last year, it, in a way, he's sort of become the face of the franchise. Yeah, I was just about to say he's the heartbeat of that locker room. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, it, I remember asking somebody early, early, maybe even last training camp about him. And they're like, oh, he's on the team. Like, mm-hmm. you're not getting rid of this guy. Um, and last year when he was a free agent afterward, uh, on on getaway day, I, I was talking to him, because he'd been on a podcast, and we had talked a little bit, and I said, hey, good luck and hope you're back. He goes. There was no question he wanted to be here. This is where he wants to play. Now he flirted with Tennessee a little bit, and uh, but what a remarkable thing he has done! Uh, but even beyond that, a huge pass breakup yesterday, a huge interception, two huge hits.
1: He does things. He jumps out on the tape. You know who he is? Uh, he's Jerry Wingard. He, yeah, he's a guy. Remember Jerry Osafsky uh-huh. during the great Steelers era uh of the late 90s and early 2000s there was a backup linebacker and a special teams demon they called him Jerry O and and no matter what when you talked about the Steelers the Steelers talked about Jerry O we had a guy here back in the early days named Brant Boyer who's now the special teams coordinator for the New York Jets I mean he's the guy he was always too short he was cut six times in 1995 and they kept bringing him back and bringing him back and he's been in the league for 28 29 years now this is what this guy is he loves football as you mentioned earlier he's a good player if he doesn't have the skill set in terms of the height and the and the length and the athletic ability he more than overcomes it with his passion and his intelligence so he's a guy who's going to be this team's next brand Boyer, next jerry o. Um he's going to be around here for a long time
0: very good all right my hot take this week is that sometimes it's better to be lucky than good and by that i mean some of the reactions after the game yesterday in particular from the Steelers locker room had me laughing because we are now at a point in Jaguars football where people think the refs are pulling for the Jaguars to get a win over historic franchise like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So congratulations Jaguars fans. We are now at a point where the team is so successful that people the opponent is complaining that the refs are rigging it.
1: What kind of fine do we think Deontay Johnson is going to get for his long diatribe about the official's lack of integrity?
2: Yeah, I, I it's, guess he's going to be pretty. I guess he could have caught the first pass of the game. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, oh no, but it was the refs.
0: Well, yeah. it, the refs were bad in general, I will say, but I don't think it
1: was specifically. Does what anybody ever it. say no? No, the refs were good. Yeah, Nobody I, ever says that. Yeah, I, I.
0: It just, I can't think that that affected any outcome of the game when you didn't score a touchdown until almost the beginning of the fourth quarter. So, right, I say that in in a joke as I mean, well, but
2: honestly, I thought the Bigsby call could have gone the other way.
0: I thought he was down um, personally, but I
2: thought and I think had there wasn't they enough ruled for that it, it, the way they I've never really ruled seen it. that. Yeah. Yeah. where they announce it and, as, it. and then well, no, the ruling on the field is different because if the ruling on the field being the other way, the Jaguars probably keep the ball. Yeah, they never would have returned um, it. And there were a couple of plays. It, look, you can always pick apart plays. Uh, it's amazing how the officiating is usually worse for the losing team.
0: It's so weird how that works out. Anyway, we'll be right back as we discuss what we've got going on in the beginning of bi-week and then the rest of the break. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguar's furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. Welcome back to JAGZAM. We've got bi-week coming up, so what are you guys looking at in terms of bi-week stuff to do? I like to, you know, take a little bit of a break away from football and then kind of sit in front of my TV for Red Zone on Sundays, but what do you guys got planned for yourselves? Not John's not going to share. He doesn't want to show. Okay. Feet up.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I, you know, Porch Fest in Springfield on Saturday. Nice. I, that's
1: what I'm doing. Getting caught up. You know, I mean, true. the last month has been crazy, and, and there's all sorts of things around the house we have to do, right? Yard work, pool work, all that kind of stuff. And it's nice to go into the second half of the season not thinking all these things I have to do.
0: Yes, it's nice to have a little bit of a break. And then also, we should say, though, we will be here the first half of this week because the trade deadline comes up on Tuesday afternoon. You guys think there's any moves to be made? Or I would be surprised at this point just because of how well they played. But then again, anything can happen.
2: I'd be surprised because you got to measure – short-term expense this team has salary cap issues coming up anything that you get goes up against that at some point maybe they're not going to ignore i mean but it's got to make sense in terms of equity and i just kind of wonder if they'll find anything like
1: yeah, that. yeah and I, I you hesitate to give away your first round pick I mean, the bottom of the first round, people go, well, just the bottom of the first round. Well, that was Anton Harrison this year. Would you trade that away, right? And you, you can't trade your second right now because it's tied up with the Calvin Johnson or Calvin Ridley uh, situation. So I just don't feel like I've got to go out and find more pass rush help. I mean, the sack numbers you'd like to see increase, and I think they will. But the pressure's pretty good. So I just, I wouldn't give away my first for a guy that I might not be able to resign with all the other guys I want to give. I'd be very cautious about I that. certainly wouldn't give away a first. Well, oh, then yeah, yeah then you' yeah. probably not you're probably not acquiring anyone. Probably
0: standing Pat. All right. that's it for us this week. We're gonna enjoy our bye week. We hope you enjoy yours. We'll be back here on Monday for Jagzam next week as we get ready for the 49ers game.